and well, they're clean the house, right? So. Well, yeah. well, I was going to say that mattress is getting burned. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. that oh. is no. <laughs> uh, um... Thank you for that image. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes, my eyes. <laughs> Live episode 175, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a cracked brew pint, a fine wine, whatever happens to be in your glass. Catch new episodes weekly as the Reverend Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and a special guest address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. Ogan is on vacation for the next two weeks. We tag teamed our vacations, so we went back and forth. Um, Derek's here as our um, regular guest i guess we call you regular, regular honorary guest regular guest regular guest regular guest our irregular regular guest exactly. there you go. <laughs> that, sounds right. that sounds right that describes me i think yeah and um first time on the show thank you um Kelly Isola is an innovation alchemist, genius with words, brilliant thinker, and a professional excavator of the soul. I love everything about that sentence, by the way. Um, and I'm very modest. <laughs> very <laughs> modest. Like those are some claims right there. Like Absolutely. Hey, somebody has to say it. I mean, put it out there. Just put it out there. Right. Um, and a silliness guru when needed. Well, it's definitely needed these days. Required required these days. Yes. She is passionate about supporting people and organizations to live and love more authentically by sharing her passion for the living for living the twofold path of an engaged spiritual life, embracing the inner path of wisdom as well as demonstrating the outer path of compassionate service. Kelly is the chair of the Greater Kansas City Interfaith Council and the Missouri Interfaith Disaster Response or Organization. So she's been basically on vacation these last. Yeah, no, I mean, nothing, nothing really nothing going really on. Really yeah. She's... I know. I've been really bored since like <laughs> mid-March. She is passionate about interfaith and interspiritual work as an avenue for individual and collective healing and peace. Kelly loves sharing her wisdom in the classroom through her own classes and as faculty for two seminaries. Kelly is an avid blogger and guest blogs for progressive Christianity. She has written numerous articles for Unity Magazine, various booklets, and a number of online magazines. She is also the co-author of the best-selling book, who have you come here to be? 101 Possibilities for Contemplation. Read more about Kelly at her website, kellyisola.com. So please join her there. And you can show your love for Pub Theology Live by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to extended interviews with special guests and before and after the show banter. Visit patreon.com slash ptlive to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons see clips from the show and join our conversation on Twitter, Facebook, IG, YouTube, and we are putting the live back in PT Live by being on Facebook Live around five-ish Ish, on five Tuesdays. Five adjacent. Um, I also just want to give a plug that we are still um, on our campaign that if you donate $25 or more, to nokidhungry.org, you can get this wonderful PT Live pint glass. So um, all you have to do is screenshot um, your donation and um, send us a, a address of where to send your pint glass. You can send that to us um, through Facebook Messenger is probably the best way or Twitter, um, however you reach us. Or if you know us personally, you can do it that way too. And we will get that out today. Today we discuss election results. God, do we have to? Um, I mean, in a good way, but like, I'm so tired. Um, congregational politics. Oh, seriously, Brian, you're killing me. This is going great. This is going great. Peaceful transfer of power. I'm all over that one. And common ground. 
So Kelly, as our guest, please share what you are drinking today. Well, um, it might not be incredibly exciting. Um, so um, I'm a recovering addict. I have in March, I'll have 32 years clean. So I don't. Congratulations, um, by the way. Thank you. So I don't. Um, uh, you don't want me to actually have something alcoholic. However, that being said, um, I'm my cup is full of. I made this fabulous hot chocolate last night that was mm. from coconut milk and some Ghirardelli hot cocoa mix, and there was a little left, so I brewed coffee into it. So it's like Ooh. this lovely mocha coffee. Fantastic. Nice. Yummy. Love a good mocha. Yeah. Like, I don't even like chocolate, but I, I, know. I like a mocha. Yeah, you do. Like it, it's it's a different thing because it's, it's, it's totally it's the coffee and the chocolate go together, especially like a dark chocolate. Like it's good stuff. So we are we are celebrating. We have we have we bought this a little while ago for our vacation and we never drank it. And so we are celebrating the election results. Yes. Together. Um, do you want to say something about it? We're, well, we're celebrating something else, but we can't say it yet. Um, we are. We are celebrating. We're not, not no, pregnant. No, babe, no, 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 no. We no. have four. That is more than enough. We are not having any more children. Very clear about that. Okay. So um, not, yes, not we're celebrating that I was, with a huge with, with thing a huge, of high huge, huge like bottle of very <laughs> We are drinking one of my an, an old standby favorite, Golden Drock, which is an imperial stout. It is a Belgian beer. It is the beer that uh, began my love of Belgian beers. Um, which is so, a deep and abiding love. deep and abiding love, <laughs> rivaled only- That I share. Rivaled only by my love for my wife. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. So- The children are third. And, a close yeah. second though, right? So, so wife, Belgian beer, children. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so- <laughs> That was fast. So- You know, there the good thing about like over the years, so that whole microbrewery thing, I totally missed out on because it, came alive when I was clean. Yeah. However, that being said, the, um, some of them have gotten very good at at crafting non-alcoholic ones. They yeah. have, yes. And I love those. And I have found some very good ones. Yeah. And in fact, great. I mean, we, we always encourage um, pub theology people to pick places that have really good, not just like soda alternatives, but like have genuinely yes. good yes. alternatives to um, alcoholic beverages, you know, yeah. so- and it, we and always it, encourage people. Non-alcoholic book, you know. Yeah, exactly. Right. Non-alcoholic book. But there and, are some very good ones. I mean, really, like this is this is about people gathering around drink and possibly food and everything else. This isn't about the alcohol, like obviously. It's it's about like, you know, you all get the idea. But I'm yeah, I'm listen, it's it's a good thing all around. Okay, seriously. It's about enjoying life. Exactly. It is about enjoying about life. life. And really, it's about the people you share with. Aww. Yes, even more so. So <laughs> share candidly, let's move on. <laughs> share candidly how you feel about the election results. Is that well, for me? You can start. It's for all of it. This is our first okay. question. You to start. So you want me to start? Is that what you yeah, said? Please do. It. So share candidly. So I'm kind I know, of- I know, right? Like. <laughs> Well, I, and I'm, I'm kind of grew up in New York. So candidly, you know, means something oh, different yeah. than Georgia. Honey, I'm with you. Don't yeah. ask me to be honest. Right. <laughs> so candidly how, you know, at first, of course, I'm, I'm relieved. I'm glad that, um, you know, president-elect is Joe Biden. Yes, uh, Kamala yeah. Harris, um, you know, and, and how I feel about, you know, Kamala Harris is I, I posted a picture on Facebook the other day that was, that was her walking along holding an umbrella and it had this little caption that said, you know, girls, make sure you have your shoes on because the ground is covered in glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. lots of people probably saw it. And I thought, oh, I love that. That's why I posted it because it had absolutely nothing to do with what you believe. Right. It had nothing to do with how you voted, your politics. The fact is, is there's a woman, a woman and a woman of color as vice president elect. Like Exactly. And like, just take a, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm with, so we were, um, so first off, we were buying a mattress when the news finally came in, which like will be funny forever. We have not bought a mattress in 18 years. Oh. So like, it was a momentous moment anyway. <laughs> and we're in line at this big box store buying this mattress. And like, you know, Derek's like, they called it. And I, 
I don't know what I was expecting, but like, I kind of wanted the whole place to erupt in cheers, yeah. you know? And like, looking back, I'm like, I should have turned around to like the whole store and been like, they just called the election for Joe Biden. <laughs> like I should have like screamed it and I didn't, or I should have even told the woman on the way out of the, like, I just, I was so like, why doesn't everybody know this news? Like, it was just, it was such a weird moment. It was weird. It was, it yeah, was strange. It was very but, weird. Yeah, we texted, and, we were we were about to come back. We texted the kids. They were like, yay, you know, whatever. Um, but it wasn't until the speech that night. Well, no, I did. You had a moment. I had a moment that yeah. afternoon. Um, like, I was, I just sat outside. Because I'll be honest, right? Um, I didn't feel this immediate sense of relief that I thought I would. I didn't right? I, I, and I still don't. And I'm, I, I was talking to my spiritual director this morning that like, I don't know that I'm going to until January 20th, right? Until he is sworn into office. I am not, I'm not sure that I'm going to feel better, you right. know, because I'm, um, I'm very nervous about the next few months and what's going to happen. And, and not just, I'm not nervous about these um, cases. They're going to get thrown out and, you know, whatever. I, I'm nervous about what this administration is going to try to push through in the next three months. That's what I'm worried about. So yeah, I have, I've had this vision in my head since Saturday morning of, and if you haven't seen the movie Poltergeist, it won't make any sense, but there's that one little scene that's like seven seconds long where the, you know, that little exorcist woman, she stands there and she's all disheveled and, and she takes her glasses off and she goes, this house is clean, <laughs> right? And I have this vision of, and I sent the, the little video clip to some friends and nobody got it. Right, they were like, I don't know. So I sent, but the little, my vision was this little vi video clip of, I imagine this on January 21st, 2021. Right, this little yeah. woman or whatever. This house is clean. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and visions of someone running through the White House and the grounds and the residents with sage. You know? I, I was I was just gonna say that. Like, should we like, all mail? Yes. I think we need to yes. mail both of them just sage for for every room. One that's like the size of a telephone pole. Exactly, mm -hmm. like this giant. And have a bonfire with it. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Like in every fireplace in those houses needs a big bunch of sage. Yeah. yeah the so thing that's really, can really, that really confounded me that I did not see coming was how close it, the race was. Like, I guess I've lived in a little bit of a bubble because I just didn't know there were so many people in the country that would vote for him. I, I, I don't understand like what part of this person when he's, it's not like he hides his racism I or, know. Sexism or his, you know, violence. It's not, it's not veiled in any way, shape or form. Yeah, it is. I, I admit that it's disheartening, right? Like, and, and, and that the people that voted the other way feel that very same way about us, right? That like, it's disheartening that so many people would vote, you know, that way. And that's what's so it's it, like, we're just so far, like, I don't even know how to talk, right? Like, yeah. it, you know, there's all this like, oh, we have to come together and heal. And I'm like, I, I don't even know how to co have a conversation anymore. I really don't. Yeah. But I, but I did take a moment. So we got home and, you know, put the new mattress down. <laughs> and, and fell on it. <laughs> right. And I, you know, it, they're wrapped in plastic. So I like let it breathe for a while, you know. And I went outside. It was a beautiful day here. We're in Maryland. We, we went outside and Derek was doing some yard work and the kids were doing something. I don't even know. And, um, and I, and I, I was just sitting there for a minute and I was, I was starting to get very anxious about the ideas of the lawsuits and this rhetoric that he was saying of like, Joe Biden didn't win any state. I won all the state. And I was like, oh my God, what fucking world are you living? You know, like I just started to get so, my anxiety was going. And then I like, I put down my phone, I put it down and I was like, stop. Everything's going to be okay. You know, and then I started like, to be honest, everything has been so Biden focused that I, it's not like I forgot, but I kind of let it, I let it go. 
And then I let that in for a minute, right? Like I just had a moment. And so Derek comes around the corner of the house and he's like, what is wrong? What is going on with you? Like what, like what is on your face right now? And like, even just that question, like I just started crying and I was like, like there is going to be a woman in this, this office. And there's going to be a woman that looks like our daughter in this office. Right. And there is going to be like, I just, there's this, it's gotten lost and it can't get lost. Right. This moment cannot get lost. And so, and even on Saturday night, when we watched the speeches, like they're all chatting. Cause you know, I don't know if you watch the speeches, but it's like 25 minutes of watching this motorcade while these talking heads, like blah, blah, blah. And you're like, just come on people. Like They're like the adults on peanuts. Exactly. Like, And I'm like, let's just get to it already. And finally, you know, Kamala Harris walks out on stage and like, she's wearing that white pantsuit and I lose it. Like I do. I just, I cried through the whole thing. So like they were all talking and I was basically like, shut up, <laughs> everybody shut up. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and obviously then we watched Biden's speech and I, I thought his speech was very good. I thought it was very long. I thought it needed to, he needed to rein it in a little, but I also, listen, they had me at complete sentences and <laughs> we're good to go. Well, that's why he picked one reason Kamala is a good good partner is show okay sound bites Joe like, write them in write them in moving on um, so I think I think my candid response is um, you know it's it's not it's not joy as much as it's relief yeah. and I want it to be joy and I hope on the twentieth of January it is joy. Um, right now it's relief. It's really like, because I, I think I have been exposed to that other half of the country and it, and it's, it's not so much my social media. It's like the, the friends of friends who will comment on things and, uh, and, and I'll, I'll read the comments and I'll go, wow, some of you, some of you tolerate a lot of bullshit on yeah. pages that I, I won't deal with. Exactly. Um, but like, there really is this deep entrenched, you know, idea that Joe Biden is a radical socialist. Oh my God, I know, right. You know, um, <laughs> like how, how that narrative took hold is beyond me. Um, that, that the entire media complex is lying about everything that's ever been said about Trump, um, that he is is the first um, honest, honest president that we've had. Um, there, there's just that language out there in the world. And so there was a relief. The that, most Christian well, president we've even, ever don't had. Don't even get me started there. <laughs> um, so there was just this relief that, 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 that message didn't take hold in the way that I, I was worried maybe it, it was. Um, and, and then I guess to be really candid, my response was, you know, it really didn't, in some ways it didn't matter the outcome obviously the outcome matters but there's so much work to do there's so much work to do so much work to do and when you when you start asking that question of like how do we how do we build bridges and like i i think that's premature i think at some point we have to draft a version of america that everyone can agree on and that's a big project yeah um a, a version of what it means to be burned yeah yeah and 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 like there is there are just some things that fundamentally um we just we just have to uh, you know we we got really close to the american experiment failing yeah um, actually john meacham <laughs> said that the historian and and journalist like he said, he said right before the election, he said, if Trump's wins, we, we have tried and now the American experiment will have failed. And, and I, and I like Christianity, it's never actually been tried. 
Exactly. <laughs> we right. Don't know if it we don't really know if it. And I think right. that I think that's true of America too. Like, yeah. We don't know if America works because we haven't tried. We it. haven't actually tried its yeah. fundamental ideals. Like we, you we know? like starting right. with the the proposition that all all people are created equal. Like we haven't even really tried that yet. We haven't gotten there. <laughs> right. You know. Um. Yeah. So if you um, joined or participated in, now that we've given our candid responses, if you have joined <laughs> and participated in a worship service um, in person or online this past weekend, was the outcome of the presidential election mentioned or referred to? Um, was that congregation or worship service divided or united in a political outlook? And how important is it to know the political preferences of your pastor, priest, rabbi, or amen, and fellow congregation members? That was a lot of questions. That was a lot of questions. So no, I did, not, I did not participate or watch an online service this weekend because I was on vacation. However, um, I know it was mentioned in our service. Mm -hmm by the retired pastor who is who filled in for me in our service um and it was recorded before the results came in right so it was a uniting sermon you know it was a bring people together um right. we are a mostly liberal progressive leaning of a progressive mainline denomination um however there are you know um, basically, everybody in the congregation is very open and progressive in social justice, but there are some physically conservative people who toe that line politically. Yep. So uh, I say that, but we are, I, I really wouldn't even constitute us as a purple church. Like we are a blue church that has a couple of red people. That's where we are. So more mauve, really, than purple. We're mauve. <laughs> we're, we're a nice burgundy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did, um, I actually spoke this weekend. And ironically, it's a, it's a church that, um, that I've been, so I'm not in one church. What I do for a living is, part of what I do for a living is organizational development for faith-based organizations. Mm -hmm. So wherever I am is my church. Yeah. Uh, so in working, you know, and part of that is a large chunk of that is, you know, leading an organization through change, which, hello, you know, welcome <laughs> to you know, unprecedented large scale change right. that yeah. you're not taught how to do that in seminary, right. um, really, you're, you know, through disaster and massive change. So um, it gets, uh, it, it can get ugly re really fast. And and helping churches over the last months to um, like, how do you navigate and and everything, you know, yeah. and, and just not knowing how. And so, and so that has included now supporting some churches and closing their doors. Yeah. So I was speaking yeah. at a church that they are closing their doors in a few weeks and my, um, and because I was helping them kind of helping consult along the way a little bit, I'm doing, I did this past Sunday and I'll do the next Sunday. So this past Sunday, the talk title was "Now What," <laughs> right? Um, and and I knew that, and and so it was. So yes, I mentioned the election, right? And I I didn't. I actually don't think I used anybody's names. Yeah, but, but I um, rarely do too because I don't have yeah, to, you know. No. Yeah. Um, and because of where the church is located, you know, unity is uh, is kind of like what you described, you know, your church. However. If you're in the South, there's a lot more red in a, right. it's, it's a little, it's interesting to me mm -hmm. that when you look at our teachings and unity principles, um, you know, that someone, even a minister could align themselves with someone like Trump and yet still profess there's one presence and one power. We're all divine and sacred right. earth and blah, blah, you know, all of, I, I, that one is a huge cognitive dissonance. Yeah, I, I, I can't wrap about, my head around that at all. I, I can't either. So I kind of stopped trying because I could feel the, you know, embolisms just regularly. <laughs> um, but I did mention it, you know, in terms of now what, that, um, that we get to decide. Yeah. We get to decide what we do with the outcome. Right. And I'm mainly talking about the church. And so the doors may be closing, but that doesn't mean 
you can so if you want to meet online and zoom and have meditation saturday mornings do it right you know basically what this means is you don't have bylaws you don't have anybody telling you what to do right you're just, just not institutionalized community. anymore yeah just be a spiritual community which is so try Christianity because that's kind of how it got started. Dinner I was going to say, that's the basis of it anyway, right? I know. So there was that, but also talking about the election and, and now what? Like, it's okay to pause, but you know what? Whatever you voted, whatever the outcome, we're not done. Right. Oh, God. You know, and, and Ogan's been saying that I actually, okay, I actually listened to the last three weeks of Pup Theology, which I like never do, but I did. I bet he's not listening today, though. Oh, he won't listen. Oh, no, 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 we don't, And we just don't, we talk about that all the time. Like, we don't do that. Like, we certainly don't do it when we're on the show, but we, when, when I'm on vacation or he's on vacation, like, we just don't. Um, but I did the last couple of weeks and I was just, I, I had, I, I did, I listened to so many podcasts the last several weeks, but, um, he's been saying that, that like, no, like the work is just beginning and he's absolutely right. Which don't tell him I said that, you know, um, but well, and since he, you know, he's not going to watch, he so he knows he's not watch. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> No, although Derek's going to name the show the one where Ogan was right. <laughs> um, I won't do that. <laughs> 175. <laughs> the one where Ogan was right. It Even took, though, a, it actually, took 175 episodes. No, no, no. Notice, <laughs> notice that it's the episode that Ogan was right that he's not even on. But he's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's the only way he can be right, is it? Exactly, exactly. So... You know, one of the things I find interesting about this group of questions, this number, you know, are, um, is, so I've, I've, I'm going to try this out on you guys. I've had this theory. So I've, I'm PCUSA, um, you know, and I know, I don't know about you, Ogan, Ogan usually talks about um, that he's unity, but his, you know, he's very much rooted in Christianity, even, even as a unity pastor. Um, that's his background where he comes from. And for me, the, I've always taken the stance when it comes to that question about, is it important to know your pastor's politics? Excuse me, the beer is very <laughs> carbonated. Is it important to know your pastor's politics? I've always kind of taken the stance that like, it's, it's actually good when a church has a pastor that's more liberal than they are, more progressive than they are, because that's the leadership of Jesus, right? This, this more progressive leading of, that's the way Moses is. That's the way, like, there's this, there's this example of come follow me. Um, and that's wherever the church is on the scale, that needs to be the case. That's well, always been a theory I've kind of wrestled with. Yeah, and the flip side of that though is that he was a good Jewish boy. He was. He he followed Torah. Um, he it's a giant paradox of tradition and innovation. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and I'm not saying like progressive as in like so. I am more like I, these two words shouldn't be interchangeable, but I'm going to use this one. I'm more liberal than just about anybody in my congregation. Mm-hmm. but it's the way you use that, right? Yeah. It's yeah. the way you do it. And that is very important piece of this. Yes. But I do think that if you're serving, if any pastor serving a congregation where we all just absolutely agree on everything, like, I actually think that's a problem that, that there is <laughs> something to a, a, a leaning like a more progressive leaning to the pastor. There's something there. There's Someone something who's a little more innovative. Yeah, exactly. That just that just to yep. push a little bit, yep. you know. Like well, think I'm, about it I, this way. What I teach students in seminary and any church I work with is that if there's not conflict in your church, you're not growing. Right. Mm. And what I mean by that is conflict is is really just creative energy. It's just most of us have not been taught how to deal with that energy in a healthy way. Without and there's, I was going to say, and there's healthy conflict and there's very unhealthy conflict. Well, well, for me, conflict is just neutral. How you use it is healthy and unhealthy. Well, I, I guess, no, absolutely. So I guess for me, the way, and I think we're going to get into this in a minute, but the way that people, so let me put it this way, the way that people react to conflict. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we've gotten into um, a place at our church where 
there's conflict, but we know how to deal with it. Right. right. So there's not, there's disagreement, but there's not, um, well, you don't have to get disagreeable. Exactly. Yeah. And that, and we know how to, you know, speak the truth in love and we know how to, um, so it's not that everybody's like how to be, how to be intention, which is a natural part of life. Right. Exactly. In in growth. So yeah, I'm totally with you that I think a a church needs a leader that is what a progressive, you know, evolution. Well, and again, just whatever word, but so if you, if you have, and that's not even necessarily a political stance. So Mm -hmm. like, say you serve a very conservative church and you're a Republican, fine. Say you serve a more liberal church and you're a Democrat, fine. Like, or independent or whatever, but it's more about like how you read the, like the stories or your traditional, like where you're leading, where you're pushing. So you, you you have to be be able or willing to see around a corner. Right. But you made a face when I said that, that like you disagreed with (laughs) me. No, no, no. I just, I just make faces. Um, (laughs) I I think that. Derek is secretly a Muppet, by the way. (laughs) Uh. I think, I think that there's there's something to what you're saying. I, I I think though that only works in a congregation that is open to the idea of changing and growth. And let's just be honest, a lot of congregations aren't open to the idea of growth. A lot of and, and even ones that say they want to grow numerically or whatever really aren't open to the idea of growth. Um, and, and, and in my experience, when you're, when there's gross, there's often a decline, decline of membership, right. you know? And, and, and so I, I agree with exactly. you, but having, having been the progressive pastor <laughs> of a church that was not ready. Derek's been burned a few times. <laughs> yeah, like, yes, that was, that was, that was where the face came from. <laughs> that was my burned face. Um, like having been the pastor of a progress as a uh, the progressive pastor of a church that wasn't ready to change, yep. Um, that is that is setting up your pastor to get very hurt. That is setting up your religious leaders to get very hurt. And it's it's you know it's hard to know that on either side of the equation uh, from the pastor side or from the congregation side. Um, I think that I think that churches should know their pastor's political leanings. Um, I think they also should know, you know, for me, I I mean, mine are not a secret, right? I, they're out there on blogs. Like I'm very public. Uh, You can just scroll through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, like whatever it is. There it is. The, the key for me is to never bully that from a pulpit, right? To never, and, and to even not even, um, and I've, this has been over years, I've had to kind of walk this line right like of understanding that even if it's right there in the gospel like i remember trump's first hundred days it was like every executive order that was being signed the common lectionary the revised common lectionary that we were following it was like right there it was like i mean it was like he would sign an immigration thing and the text that week was all about love the foreigner in your midst. And, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like, not that I was against it, but I would stand up there every single week and say, I did not choose this text. You can look it up right now. Yeah, It is yeah. lectionary, you know? Right. And it was, I mean, it was serendipitous. It was this beautiful <clears throat> moment. And yet you didn't have to speak out. You didn't have to use that pulpit as a bully. The Bible did it for you, right? The Bible spoke the truth for you. And, and I, but I've learned that if you're going to speak something very like specifically political, you, you have to do it as a, as a leader of a congregation, I have to do it in a way where there can be conversation back. Yes. And the sermon is not a conversation back. No, no unless so you do your sermons that way. Exactly. So you yeah. just have to. I think that's actually more important to know than your pastor's political leanings are how do they use, right. how do their politics influence their sermons, their leadership yeah. there? That's my question. Well, and I think I think that, that uh, 
So mine's not a mystery either. And I have to work really hard at not posting things that demonize uh, <laughs> as much as I may want to. I and, have good days know, and bad days. Uh, absolutely. As much as I may think he's the spawn of Satan or, right. like, I know. Sometimes that was I post voice. things and like later I'm like, oh, uh, oh well, yeah. it's done, you know. <laughs> yet, yet I think as a, as a leader, it's, um, I work really hard and try not to, not always perfect. Yet in a church, I think it's really important that, that a congregation, that people know where I stand. And I think it's my responsibility to be crystal clear yes. about it, not be apologetic and not be overreaching, but be crystal clear about it in a way that also leaves the door open you know, for and not I, for, for me to be changed by what you say, not change my mind, but to, you know, to be able to augment my perspective. Um, yeah. And that takes even more work. No, I, I, I actually, I, I really, I totally agree with you um, on that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. Um, we, it's interesting that we got there in our conversation because then actually the next question is right. Like it's about conceding. So it's a, um, here's the question. How worried are you about the refusal of the president to concede and accept the results of the election? Will there, will there be a peaceful transfer of power? Um, and, and actually, I'm, I'm linking these two in the sense of, you know, I, I think it, I, somebody just like, how are we, like, we have a decision to make, like Kelly, I think you said it, right? Like, no matter what happens, we have decision to make on how we're going to proceed or, you know, um, and, and I think that this is a president that has shown us, um, you know, we said this in the beginning, right? Is it, was it, um, Maya Angelou quote of like, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, yeah. you know, like he's shown us who he is. So yeah. Do I, am I worried about it? No, because I know exactly what's going to happen and he's not going to do it. Like we've joked that um, there's this great line in the West Wing. Are you a West Wing fan? Yes. Um, oh my yes. gosh. So there's this great line in that we've been actually rewatching it lately. Me too. I'm in the middle of it right now. I know we are too. <laughs> We're totally in the middle of it. And I, and I love it so much. So we, um, and, and I've watched it probably 37 times, like all the way through. And, and I'm, I'm bringing Derek along again, you know, but um, there's this scene where Leo, the chief of staff, it's this, it's a throwaway joke. It's a, it's funny, like quick scene. And um, they're talking about if there was a military coup and president Bartlett says something about the secret service. And Leo says, in the event of a military coup, what makes you think the Secret Service is going to be on your side? And then the president says, now that's a thought that's going to fester, you know, <laughs> and it's a joke. And then they move on. And we I've actually thought about that line so many times because I've thought like and there's another West Wing line that like whatever of like he's like, I'm not going to the bunker. And he's like, well, I, you're not going to have a choice. And he's like, I'd like to see them try. And he's like, they will. And I your feet may hit the ground a couple of times, but I doubt it, you know. Right. And like, that's what I'm envisioning. Like January yeah. 20th, he's like chained himself to the desk and he's refusing to go. <laughs> and like, I'm like, the Secret Service is like, we are so done with you. And like, there's a, like, I'm all for that moment to be a military coup and like he's out and, but that's what's gonna happen. Like yes. the people have spoken, yes. let's move on. So will there be a peaceful transfer? Nope, no, I do not expect one. Well, in the, in the case of Jesus, that transfer of power was a crucifixion, so. Exactly, well. Uh, I don't know if it's transfer <laughs> of power, but you know. Would I be, would I be opposed to that at this point? <laughs> You know, transfer no, of power using that loosely, but you know, I, no, absolutely. To, but to, to shift a paradigm, you cannot have. It's always going to have an element of revolution. It has. Yeah. To. Yes, it just does. So, will there be a peaceful transfer? No. no. Will there be a transfer of power? No. Yes. Right. That's where I am with it. I wish I felt more confident. Well, and that's where the relief isn't there yet, right? Right, like, yes. The relief yes. isn't there yet. Yep. So I will, no. I will say that my, um, my feelings about this have softened a little bit since the election. Because um, I, I really thought that this was going to be a, a very 
January 20th was going to be a very violent day, right? Um, I I am now less worried about January 20th and I'm more worried, kind of what you said before earlier, I'm more worried about what happens in the interim. Yeah. Um, I, I think that right now a lot of senators are placating him because that's what you do that's what some that's what bad parents do to a kid that's having a tantrum right you know and like they put their heads on their pillows at night i i I don't know no i don't don't, know well other other than like on their on their stacks of lobby lobbyist money i was gonna say um (laughs) their stacks of money they have a special machine that helps them sleep (laughs) um you you know i i think i think he's i think he's gonna leave on the 20th but i think he's gonna break a lot of uh of dishes yeah on the way out i think he's gonna i think he's gonna wreck a lot of things on his way out of the house maybe he'll pee on the bed <laughs> and and um well, and, they're gonna clean the house right so well, yeah. well i was gonna say that mattress is getting burned yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that oh. is no <laughs> ah. um. thank you for that image <laughs> my eyes my eyes <laughs> No, I, I mean, listen, whatever. I, I just, I just think that, um, you know, I think people are going to like really the, the lawsuits as we see how quickly they're being dismissed. Like, there's, there's no substance to any of them. None. none. Um, I, I, yeah, it's just he's. There are still a lot of steps that he can take, and there's, uh, sure, there's still, but there's still a lot of steps. But, so to be I'm honest, almost afraid to be a little hopeful. No, no, no. My thing is like, good. Put all your energy there. And then you won't govern these last three months, right? You won't write all these things. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, get your lawyers on it. Absolutely. Do yeah. all this, you know, stuff. I mean, my, and, my and sorry, after, go ahead. like at, even, even come January 21st and beyond, he's not going away. No, so no. In fact, is a marathon. No, 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 there's a, there's, so there was, he said he'd leave the country. There was an article in the New York Times. Of course he said he would leave the country. (laughs) I bet he, I bet he has a really nice home in Russia he could go to. Yeah, I'm sure. But no, there's a, of course there, right? There is actually, (laughs) there was a article in the New York Times this morning about um, like he's setting up a fundraising fund that, so that he will have, he will still have um, this significant amount of power in the the Republican Party because he's going to be the one controlling the money. He's not. You. He's going to be a. He's a grifter. He's using that money to pay off debts as I, soon as he I gets understand. out of the White House. And and we have to because pay then he's going to be arrested exactly. and thrown in jail for fifty years. Exactly. We're gonna we get stuck with the we bill have for to pay his for benefits he gets for the rest of his life, like Secret Service detail. Yeah. 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 So yep. give him the Secret Service. Oh, I, I I'm that. still convinced well, that he dies by a Secret Service agent's hand. <laughs> like I'm I, still, I, he he makes one of those Secret Service agents snap some I, of these I, days. I think his presidential library is going to be on Alcatraz. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, we've it. we've gotten way into conspiracy theory <laughs> and a little schadenfreude and a little like um mr burns you know plotting (laughs) so we'll just excellent excellent. we'll just leave that where it is (laughs) so um you know listen we um ogan last week or the week before said on the show that we had to have a come to jesus with brian at one point because (laughs) brian still even though he was running for congress he um, he was he's still writing all of our questions, you know, and that some weeks it felt like he was confusing our pub theology questions with his talking points. Oh. <laughs> and and I have to admit that Brian, I love you, and I I, I very much feel like you're processing this week. Um, and so we're we're hitting all the like ah highlights from Brian. Okay. So. I need to recognize that as I move into this next question. Um, did you want to say something about that? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm walking a very thin line. And also I'm really excited for when Brian comes back. Um, and that's not a joke, I really am. So there are some exit polls that show that white evangelical support for or Trump drops um, significantly or drops slightly 
but that is less than definitive. While it appears evangelical support overall remained about the same, does that surprise you? And I actually want to throw this question to Derek because the church Derek Pence spoke at the church you grew up in. Mm -hmm. And even though they're not, are they, they're, they're, are they white, mostly white? No, I didn't think so. So it's, even though it's not a white evangelical, but it is an evangelical church. So I kind of want to hear your, you haven't processed this a lot. So I just want to hear your <laughs> thoughts on it, um, which his parents still go to, by the way. Um, so I, I, the fact that it dropped some, is hopeful um it's it, it, but i i think i think they doubled down i think like a lot of trump supporters they doubled down and 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 had to do some pretty um creative theological gymnastics to support him being god's man and, and therefore, um, so I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'm, I'm really sad. I'm really sad. Um, I'm really sad that there are people who can read the Bible and somehow say that this person is, is somehow the most Christian, Christian and most pro-Christian uh, president of their lifetime that I, uh, more than anything which to I me am, says you and I have very different very definitions of different, Christianity very different understandings of Christianity and, and so I'm not surprised I'm 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 like just fundamentally sad it's sad yeah. um because I don't know like again when we like we're we're gonna there's a question about talking to people across the aisle next but like I don't like I, I would hope that faith would be the thing that we have in common to like start some of those conversations. Yeah. And, and we're coming from completely different say, understandings of what the faith is. Right. So even I, simple verses, I, even just basic texts. And so I, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know where to go with that. So I, I'm just, I'm just deeply saddened. So I, Kelly, I don't know what your background is. Um, if you're like listening to the show regularly, you know that I grew up um, conservative Southern Baptist. Jarrett grew up um, non non-denominational evangelical. Um, so I don't, I don't know if you have a lot of experience in this arena, or if you grew up more in the main line or, you know, not at all, maybe. Want to know? Yeah, yes, please. please. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to take a breath in there. You want to know or what, you know, I don't, I don't take a lot of breaths. <laughs> well, and you can tell, not a lot of oxygen goes to my brain. I didn't know if you wanted to take a, you know, take a step out. <laughs> so I was raised Catholic, but exceedingly progressive Catholic, like by the Richard Roars. Mm -hmm. Thomas Keatings, good, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. David, you know, brother yeah. David Sendel Rast, you know, that um, order priests, not diocesan yeah. priests. Right. So, and the irony of that is that unity attracts a lot of um, Catholics and Baptists. Yeah, mm. yeah. And um, and one of the reasons I've come to believe that so many Catholics are attracted to unity is because when you go to the heart of the teachings, they're no different. That they're contemplative. The heart of, the and, the heart of yeah. unity. There's no difference. It's just that in Catholicism, it's gotten the whole man-made patriarchal social structure over yep. 1,500 years has really hidden the the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, but well, I, but everybody I went to seminary with was, you know, uh, comes from a you know Baptist, American Baptist, Southern Baptist, Evangelical. Yeah. Um, not a lot of Presbyterians or. No, we. We really jump ship. We do. Like, <laughs> um, we rarely, we just, well, we, and again, we, we joined suffer, in. We, we suffer in silence. Derek and I joined into this denomination. <laughs> Neither one of us grew up in this denomination. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I, I speak that because, you know, um, so a lot of people I went to high school with, a lot of people I went to church with, right? Um, first off, I'm, I'm actually very proud to say that many of them didn't vote for him the first time. Now they voted third party the first time, which like we can discuss that another day, but they, they wouldn't vote for him the first time. And I actually thought that that was really, and it was his, it was exactly what you're saying. Like it was his like claim of Christianity and this like, and, and it was his like bashing of people. And they were like, no, I cannot vote for that man. Like let's bring civility back. Let's bring, you know, whatever. 
Um, this time, that doesn't mean that, that there weren't those out there. Um, I will say that they got weeded out the last few, four years. So I don't know, like on my timeline, or at least they're not speaking um, <laughs> up anymore, which is good because if so, they'd be gone. And that's just, that's not about me not wanting other views. That's about a security place for me, right? Like a protection of myself. Um, but one of the things Derek and I talked about about the large percentage of vote is I still think a lot of people are holding their nose, were holding their nose while placing that vote. Um, I think a lot of people have gone to a place of idolatry that he has demanded idolatry. He has, I mean, this is worship. This is yeah. not, he keeps calling it enthusiasm. There's an enthusiasm. I was like, that's not enthusiasm. That's idolization. That's yeah, where like cult the brain level. is turned off. Exactly. Yeah. So, but I think, I think for a lot of people, it really, I think for a lot of white evangelicals or even evangelicals in general, they, it still comes down to an abortion issue for them. I really, I really still think everything else goes out the window for them and they just don't care about anything else. And I think a lot of them, I think some of them that abandoned him this round were like, we got our justices. Yeah, we we got three justices out of him. That was more than we'd hoped for. Now we can be done. now we can be done. Yeah, and and I I do I think that's what it is, which is which is hard for all of the whatever the seventy percent of the nation that feels otherwise, you know, that is very pro choice, but still it might which even be higher. You know, you know, because he's not he's not regardless of what he says, he's not anti-abortion. No. Well, and they're voting I guess for he's Pence. paid for a few over the years. Uh, I mean, no, nobody, nobody disagrees uh, with you there. Um, no, it's they're voting for Pence. They're voting for Pence. Pence got his like this last round of Supreme Court. That was Pence's choice. It was clear she was from Indiana. She yeah. had the same views as he did. You know, like that's very, very clear. Just hoping she she follows the Constitution. I know. Uh huh. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. So, so which brings us to the point of, you know, can we learn to talk again with people across the aisle? I, I love that it's again, like as if maybe, <laughs> as if some, of us, maybe some of us knew how to do it to begin with. Um, why has it gotten difficult in recent years? I, like, oh, Brian. Oh, Brian. <laughs> it's gotten different. It, it's gotten hard because we think that, um, it's about content. We've forgotten how to connect at the level of value. Yeah. Value. So we all value commitment and passion and family and community and truth and faith and all of those. We all have those same values. The content of those is where we go wackadoodle. Right. So if we can learn to connect again at the level of what we value, I think there's hope. And it's interesting, like, I don't disagree with you at all. What I'm finding though is like, I don't seek out, um, I don't have a problem with conflict, but I don't seek it out, right? So if you and I are in a restaurant, like back in the days where we could do this, right? Like back in the days where you went somewhere, you sat down and somebody was near you and you started up a conversation in whatever form, you're in line or you're whatever. I, um, like, some days I would walk away like, am I some magnet? Is there a sign on me that's like, please yell at me about your thoughts? Like, I mean, <laughs> I, I really do feel like part of it is that there are people and unfortunately a significant number of Trump supporters who just don't want to talk about anything else. They don't want to find common ground. They don't want to. And listen, they're actually, that's not fair. There are plenty of people on our side of the aisle, quote unquote, that are there too. Mm -hmm. But, and I'm not a centrist in my beliefs, but this is an area where we can have so many conversations. You know, a lot of people of family members, and I say this every year and again, again, this year, we're not doing it, but when it comes to Thanksgiving, like, oh, I have to go to this, whatever. I was like, steer the conversation away. Right. Don't talk about it. Just don't. 
Yeah. Like you love your uncle, you love your cousin, you love your whatever. And it's Thanksgiving or it's Christmas or what's like, today's the day to talk about that. Talk about football, talk about whatever, but don't talk about politics. And they'd come back to me and they say, Shannon, I tried. And that's all they would talk about. And I just had to walk away. And I was like, then walk away. Absolutely. Then that's what you had to do. Uncles get thrown under the bus. It's always, it's always an uncle. I'm always. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> you know, aunts are lovable <laughs> and kind and bring you good things. And uh, Well, but, I, you know, Kelly, I think what you said is, I think that's really what, it's really profound. There, there are, there are values that we have in common that like, if you can get to the place of saying, listen, every person you know wants to take care of their family. Yep. You know, wants what's best for their family. And like, how they get there might look different. Their definition of family might look different. Right. Their their understanding of, of what a good life for their family might, might differ from yours. But everyone wants a good life for their family. Right. And I, and I think that like, we have to, we have to actually go to that level. Yeah. yeah. We have to be willing to go to that, uh, to that depth, you know, yeah. and to, because, because the content is uh, the way you said it, I think, I think is really, really brilliant. I think the content is so messy. The yeah. content has yeah, gotten, it's in the way. It's so, it's so loud. It's so, yeah. it's so, uh, it distracts you. It hooks you. It's, it's polarizing. It's yes, all of it. And and so you know, I think if we can get to those places of saying like, we want safe communities. We want to do well by our families. Right. We want to be able to practice our faith. We want to be able to dot 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 those things that are very core. Yeah. Um. I I think we can have those conversations. We do, though, have to push people past the content, and I think yes. I think maybe that's maybe that's the role of faith leaders yes. is to push people past the content yes. to get to the values. Yes. Well, absolutely. Like we had, we had uh, our son was going a little nutty, and because he's an extrovert and he's been alone for you know, I mean, he has his siblings, but you know, he's been alone forever. And, and online school is hard. And, um, it, we had a nice weekend. It was probably our last nice weekend. Right. And we, we have a projector that we set up outside and we can have social distance play dates. And we invited a neighbor, a friend over and they played Minecraft. And, you know, the mom who's a friend of ours came over too. And, um, she's a hairdresser. So she's been working, you know, and she was asking a genuine question is still, it's, and again, it's hard, but we're kind of her liberal friends. And she's like, how do I do this? You know, but she was asked, she has a son who is autistic and, and I won't say severely, but not, you know, not low on the spectrum. Right. Um, and she was at, she was trying to ask questions about how do I talk to people about defund the police? When what I'm trying to say is, if someone calls the cops on my son, I want someone there who's trained to know what's going on with him because he's not gonna stop for the police. He's not gonna, like, he's gonna keep running. He's gonna keep, you know, and she's like, you know, I, I, I don't know how to have that conversation with people. And I, and I said what I said, like, get past the, the defund the police part, right? Yeah, don't use the word defund. Don't use that and say to her, you know what? I don't like that phrase either. I think it's misrepresentative. Here's the scenario I think about. I think about if someone calls, you know, the cops on my son, I would love for there to be a social worker there that knows what's going on with him, that can read yeah. the situation and not a police officer that's not trained for that situation and has deadly force, right? So I said, talk about that. Because whoever's across from you is going to understand that what you're saying is I want to protect my child. Right. And that's anybody can get behind that. Right. Everybody can understand that we can, we can totally come together in that. So let's get past the rhetoric. Let's get past the words and tell the story. Right. And get to that place. And, and it's, 
it's hard and it's interesting, but, but I, if there is a way forward in it, and I believe there is, that's the way. Yeah. It's, I use the, um, the Jerry Maguire thing, help me to help you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like let's, well, as a, as a spiritual leader, um, you know, that's if, and if I, if I wind up in a conversation like that, my, my, the starting position for me is when I'm like, if I can feel myself getting, you know, triggered or hooked or whatever is okay, downshift. I need the person to help me to help them. Right. Which mm -hmm. means I need to mm -hmm. say, okay, I need you to tell me more about that. Right. I want to make sure I'm understanding. I want to make sure I'm, you know, and, and I operate on peace takes longer. Yeah. Mm. Peace takes longer. Yeah. So if you, and it's, and it's, it's like the, you know, a line from a movie, Jerry Maguire, but it's so true. <laughs> if I can come from the place of help me to help you, then, then yeah. we can get to what we really value. Yeah. Also, it's a good movie. Well, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go to the zoo. That's what, oh, so good. It's a good movie. It is a good movie. So All right. As we, as we, close um any um reading suggestions brian's asking what are you reading i'm reading a book called um we're all adults or all adults here or something like that um yeah. i read like six novels on vacation and i'm trying to keep the streak going yeah. um i'm reading uh dare to lead by Brene brown again for um, a couple of reasons. Um, I'm reading, oh, I'm reading Love, Love is the Way, Michael Curry's new book. Mm. So good. So good, you guys. You have to read it. What about you, Derek? What are you reading? Um, nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm not reading. Derek's reading 37 books right now, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. Yeah. Um, so I, I, on vacation, I finished a series of, of novels by um african specifically nigerian authors uh including uh things Paul fall apart by chinua achibe um but i'm actually reading I, i'm actually ha i'm reading this book called food fight which is written by a, a a man i befriended um a gentleman named mckay jenkins who uh has been um i manage a community garden and he's been volunteering at the garden and he wrote this book about food called food fight about gmos and and sort of like the the um the viability of genetically modified food as a as a way of ending starvation and or as a sort of means of um corporations taking over our food supply um so it's and it's really fascinating and, and what's great is like i can read a chapter and then like go to the garden and talk to him about it and like <laughs> okay so you said this now tell me what yep. you meant <laughs> right yep read you know what i learned yesterday i teach tomorrow right yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 what about you kelly what are you reading well, I usually have multiple, same thing. I have multiple things going at once. Um, I'm, uh, but I, <laughs> so there was that um, video uh, last week that um, I think it was Van Jones and I think he put it out like the end of October, but he was it, was, it was a TED talk actually. And it was about 20 something minutes long, but what he was explaining was all the things that could happen um, if Trump decided not to, you know, if he lost and decided not to concede. And that's when I discovered that, that you, that that's just a, um, to concede is not, it's nowhere in the constitution. It's nowhere right. in our paperwork. Right. It's a nice gentlemanly thing. Right. That right. It's just something you do. Right. Exactly. Right. And then he out, and then Van Jones continued to outline all these other, here's all the other things. And by the time it was over, I'm like, oh, <laughs> right why <laughs> my anxiety is a little up. right that's why um, i stopped reading those things and watching watching trump do exactly what van jones said he was gonna do mm -hmm. however as i was listening to him he's sitting in front of a bookcase or a bookcase is behind him don't you so I, by the way i love that right now about all these interviews because people get on and i'm like what are they reading yes like, that's I exactly it. what i, I did it. so yeah. i would pause and zoom in and and and, and at first i went Read that, read that, read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Like I read what this man, because I yeah, love it. Yeah, right. right? Um, but then I found the ones that up. Oh, haven't read that one. Oh, I don't think I've heard of that one. You know mm -hmm. that. 
So that being said, one of the books I'm reading that was on his bookshelf called Dog Whistle Politics. Mm. Um, I am rereading Cast, The uh, Origins mm. of Our Discontent by Isabella Wilkerson. Because, yes. Um, it's on my uh, list. Ogan, Ogan and I are going to do another book study and he hasn't read that yet, but, but asked me if, if I had read it and what I thought, and it's a fabulous book and it goes beyond racism. It's, you know, the caste system of America in every way, you know, gender and yeah. economically. And so and not that you need another book, but have you read Decolonizing Wealth? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Yes. So that goes along with that, that I really love, you know? Yes. Yeah. So there's those two. Um, there's, um, you haven't read that. You have to read one that. that's called, uh, the five invitations, which is about death and, you know, death and dying, like having a good death, like palliative care kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I have uh, another book that's, um, um, on Fatula Gulan, a life of Hizmet. Um, I don't know if you know who Fatula Gulan is, but he's, mm -hmm. um, so he's, um, he's been in exile here in the U.S. since the 90s. He lives in Pennsylvania, um, but he's responsible. He's, Fatula Gulan is, uh, he's a Muslim. He's a, he's an imam. He's a scholar. He's been in, in Time Magazine's top 100 influential thinkers around the world. He's a peacemaker. He's an activist. He's, um, you know, he's one of those peacemakers that rattles the cage, you know. Right. Um, and, um, but anyway, the, so his met is the, the, the movement, the global movement of being in service. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this is a new book that's just come out. Um, uh, and I do a lot of work here in Kansas City with a Turkish Muslim community. Like there's a large Turkish Muslim community here that they've all adopted me. So, um, cause I don't have any family here. So. Right, right, absolutely. Family. So, yeah. you know, I spend Ramadan with them. So we did Ramadan all online and, um, you know. We, we have, have a couple of those. <laughs> um, so, so, and then I have a couple of children's books that I've pulled back out. Um, the Day the Crayons, one of them is um, The Day the Crayons, what's it called? Anyway, it's a book about the crayons all write letters because they're annoyed because the kid is using yes, the bread. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I can't think of the title, but I, I actually worked at a Barnes and Noble when that book came out and it was huge. Yeah, um, and I've used it in talks several times um, and it's great. It's a good book. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the day the crayons came home, there's yeah. actually three of them. The day the crayons quit. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love think, it. Yeah. I love it. Good. It's, good. it's really good. Well, thank you. A big thanks to our special guest, Kelly. Um, we'd like to thank the originator of Pub Theology. Brian, we're so proud of you. We are beyond words, proud of you. The last 16 months, the campaign you ran, um, everything. It is, you know. Um, the world needs more Brian Burkoffs. The world needs more Brian Burkoffs, even if our questions today were um, a little bit processy, even if they were. Um, we still thank you. Um, our producer, Derek Weston, connect and spread the word on social media. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Watch us anytime on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Sign up at patreon.com slash ptlive for more content. If you would like to find or create a pub theology in your town, preferably with one with some non-alcoholic delicious beverages, um, we're still encouraging you to be online or at least very safely social distanced at this time. You can find information for that at pubtheology.com slash directory. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Mm -hmm.